and welcome to the Memory Labs podcast, the MTG podcast, in fact. We are going to be bringing you smooth jazz of the MTG spoilers for Eldritch Moon from whatever era jazz is from. I don't actually know that, but we're going to bring you the smoothest of smooth magic information. And I am Tim, and I'm joined by Gingy. I'm Gingy. Hi. I'm joined also by Tyson. Big TNT in the mornings, baby. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh... <laughs> well, I'm done. <laughs> yep, that's done for. I mean, I managed to get mostly through that. <laughs> we, we, we lasted 25 seconds. A new record for Tyson. <laughs> oh! Okay. Starting early with these jokes. <laughs> right? <laughs> Holy fuck, you go. He so, must be feeling froggy right now because we're recording this kind of late. So, uh, you know what else is starting a little early? Unsubstantiates playability. Right? Yeah, that thing's good. Mm-hmm. Not so, even a doubt. For anybody who uh, isn't keeping quite up to date on the spoilers... Unsubstantiate is probably my favorite card spoiled of the set so far. Um, it's one in a blue. It's an instant. And its text is, Return target spell or creature to its owner's hand. So that means it is a pseudo-remand, where it will take the spell that your opponent's casting. Whether it's... Well, actually, it's even better than remand. Because yes. if the spell's uncounterable, it will still put it back to the hand. Yes. And if there's a creature on the battlefield that you don't feel like dealing with, you can just be like, Hey, bounce out to your hand. Yep, it's pretty good. You have one problem, though. What's that? Guy's Revenge. Doesn't touch it. Well, I mean, Guy's Revenge rotates soon. Yeah. Does, in fact. Not soon enough. But, you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, while we're on that topic, if you want to be the negative Nancy, let's talk about another really, really cool card that will deal with uh, Guy's Revenge. Okay. Blessed Alliance has the new mechanic Escalate. Hmm. It's one in a white, it's an instant, and it's choose one or more. Target player gains four life, so you can have your opponent gain four, or you can gain four, depending on what you want to do. Right. You, uh, you can play an NEH, and someone else can gain four, and you can save yeah, it. Yeah. Hey, hey, if your uh, opponent's at nine, you have a Triskaidekaphobia out, have them gain four, win the game. Hey. Don't you have to do the lose life, no, gain life thing have, before that, that happens? Eight, and yeah. you give them four life, and then you give them another no, life. No, if they're at 13, they lose the game first. That's, isn't that after? That's after you check it. Is it? I think what? so. I think we need to double check that. I will continue to Anyways, keep talking Triskaidekaphobia is irrelevant. Well, while you fact check this, I will go over Blessed Alliance. Triskaidekaphobia is not fucking irrelevant. It's like a key card in the theme of the set. <laughs> oh, it is first. It is first. Thank you. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. It is first on the thing here. Each player with exactly thirteen life right. loses the game, or or. Uh, Irrelevancy is yeah. continue, Tyson. Nobody right? wants to believe me. Blessed Alliance can kill them if they're at nine. I nine, never eight. want to believe Tyson. So nobody plays the card. So how have I ever seen that happen? <laughs> I've Shut never up seen and continue. <laughs> Tyson was being smug there for a moment, and he doesn't realize that that doesn't translate very well on podcasts. It yeah. does because you'll tell them exactly how smug I was, and then I get to just sit here There's, and rub my hands together. There is no possible way I can describe how smug you are on any given time. There are no words. There are no words. They will need to invent new ways of saying smug so, to define how smug you are. We're three minutes in, and we only got through one card in a quarter of another one. Oh my god. We're right. doing pretty good. So, we're doing pretty good. For how we usually are, we're doing pretty good. So Guy's Revenge, you know, the card that Tim brought up, can't be targeted by non-green spells or abilities. Right. So the reason the Blessed Alliance works on this, it's one in a white instant, has Escalate of mm -hmm. two colorless. Right. So you pay two for each cost, uh, pay two, and you get to choose another mode, basically, for the spell. For each. Uh, you pay for an additional two for each extra mode yes. you want to copy. Right. So this one... Well, you don't, you don't want to say the word copy there. Because remember, you can only use each mode once. Yeah, yeah, for each extra mode you choose, Yes, you get to pay two more for. There we go. Or you have so to as I was more. saying, there's three modes to choose from. You can select each mode once. 
which makes this spell cost at maximum six. <laughs> five colorless, uh, five generic, five generic, and a white. Yeah. So it's two generic for each mode beyond the first. You can only select each mode once, so you can't go target opponent sacrifices an attacking creature, target opponent sacrifices an attacking creature. Although that would be real good. No, you could just play another one. Yeah, but that involves having a second white mana. What if I don't have that? Uh, considering mono white humans, is a death, you untap very well up to might. two white creatures. Shh. And then so, you add another white. So let's go over the modes. Make target opponent lose the game if they're at nine life and you're playing Triska Decophobia. So target player gains four life. <laughs> Untap up to two target creatures. So since it says up to, you can choose to only select one if you really don't want to choose the second one. Or if one of them would be your opponents, for example. And then the third mode is target opponent sacrifices an attacking creature. So the reason that works for Gaia's Revenge is because you're making yeah. your opponent choose what to sacrifice, and you're not actually targeting it. Oh man, we need Ages of the Gods back. <laughs> I mean, we do have uh, Orbs of Warding. Do we? Oh yeah, we Yeah, do. gives you Hexproof and makes damage dealt reduced to one or something like that. Largely irrelevant, doesn't it? Yeah, no, we're not. Triskaidekaphobia is just dripping with flavor, so that was worth looking up. Orbs of Warding is not. So... Other pretty good playable cards of this format. We can talk about the angels. Not yet, not yet. Oh, Jesus Christ! I don't want to jump into it. <laughs> I see that. We got a lot of cards to talk about. So, don't you want to save those ones for like near the end at least? No. So we've got Marlwood <laughs> Dryad Fuck as up. well. It's a single green mana. Uh, oh no, a lot of these cards have the uh, the creature type horror. Mm -hmm. For anybody playing Thing in the Ice, just yeah. throw that out there. Oh, I guess I'm what? Just now noticing that the yeah. Thing in the Ice is now even worse than it was before. Well, I mean, it depends. You're not bouncing your own Gnarlwood oh Dryad anymore. Oh my god, can you imagine like a green-blue tempo deck with Thing in the Ice and all these horrors? Oh wow, it's almost like I there? was bringing that up for Gnarlwood Dryad. <laughs> it's almost like we were fucking working on something like it. Wait, it's become uh, it's become something with that shit now? Has this deck uh, Different deck, different deck. Okay. So Gnarlwood Dryad's a single green mana. It's a 1-1 mm -hmm. Dryad horror with Death Touch. Right. Delirium, it gets plus two, plus two. So this is like... The almost standard, a nimble, yeah. almost a nimble mongoose. Not quite the standard at that level. equivalent of it. Yeah, I mean, like we have standard Tarmogoyf now in Sylvan Advocate, and now we have a standard nimble mongoose in Narwhal Dryad. I think Jizzy just, uh, <laughs> Jizzy just blew a load in his yeah, pants. Yeah, I might be playing that deck now. Yeah, I, I'm sure you would. I'm sorry, Big Werewolf. I'm sorry. Given up on Orich already? Yes. <laughs> that was fast. Also <laughs> predictable, because right? you know, not you that. Bad card is bad. So, uh -huh. <laughs> another card that's come out since our last podcast is uh, this wonderful little doll by the name of Thalia Heretic Cathar. Mm -hmm. Or Heretic Cathar, however you want to choose to pronounce it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's nice that we finally got the English spoiler now. Right. Because before we got, like, a camera phone picture. So, it's a 3-2 for 2 and a white. I believe it's also a buy box promo, because the original spoiler had different art than um, what we're looking at I'm now. I'm pretty sure. It's mm -hmm. some, some the other art promo. looks so nice. Yeah. I like this one. Yeah. Well, the other well, art it looks, is a buy box promo. That's the, the other art looks really nice. Yeah. yeah um, if you for anybody over, not sure, uh, go ahead and look it up. It's so good. I, I love no, that other I, art. I like the regular. I like the buy box promo. But this is going to be one of those matters of preference. Yeah. And um, then... So it's two and a white. It's a legendary creature. It's a human soldier. Wow, sounds like Last Thalia, except one more mana. Uh, it's got first strike. Wow, like Last Thalia, except yeah. one more mana. So what do we get for that other mana? Uh, well, the last one made spells cost uh, non-creature spells cost one more. So 
This one is creatures and non-basic lands your opponents control enter the battlefield tap. Dick move, bro. So, <laughs> so let's look beyond standard for this I was real gonna say, quick. Is this going to make it into legacy? Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. This thing fits straight into death and taxes. Hey, nice fetch land. Hope you like it entering tapped. Yeah. And then your Valk entering tapped. Yeah. So, like, it basically time walks your opponent twice in modern and legacy potentially. Because if they don't have a basic... They're losing multiple turns to this. And guess the who's thing, not? Guess what format doesn't really play too many basics? Either Both one. Exactly. <laughs> also, if you're playing Aetherbile, which the decks that would be playing this generally are, it's kind of uncounterable, too. Yeah. So, like, it's a 3-2 with first strike, so it's really hard to kill. It costs three mana, so, you know, in modern, if you want to just be like, I'm going to play a good value type deck, it still gets hit off your Coco. Oh, wait, what do we still have in standard right now? Uh, isn't Collected Company still legal? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Let's just make, like, green-white humans even better so it can cocoa into this fucking thing, too. Yeah. You. Like, admittedly, it's well, not nearly as bad in standard because we don't have, like, fetches and stuff. No. But I mean, it will still be... make your opponents um, tangos or battlelands, as they want to call them everywhere else. Even Evolving would come Wilds is fucked with this. Capsule. Yes. Yes. Like, Along Wild still gets time walked. Yeah, it's like again. Yeah, like, this will this will end up in banned humans, I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's no doubt. Like any oh, yeah. Coco deck, hitting this thing in a reflector mage is really good. <laughs> oh my oh, god, my yes. Hey, I'll time walk and time walk. How's your turn going? <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, you it's can't like, do you anything. Can't, you oh, can't play dude. that creature you just played until after my next turn. Also, whatever land you play is coming in tapped. Uh, I hope you have something else good coming. Of course. It's going to be banned humans versus banned humans. They'll figure it out. <laughs> well, imagine what it does to Collected Company. What, Thalia? Mm-hmm. And she's really good with Collected Company. The only problem is being they do it on end step. It doesn't really matter because they enter tapped. They yeah. Would, it's kind of inconsequential yeah. for Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It's really good with... Uh, I mean, but they can they can no longer Coco to block. block. Yeah. Yeah, they can't Coco to block anymore unless yep. they hit their bounding crisis and untap itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this thing um, has first strike, so why would why would you want to block it? Well, I didn't say you were blocking it. <laughs> no, you're blocking something. Like your two three advocate. So anyhow, oh my um, god! The other really good thing about this <laughs> is its creatures and non basic lands your opponents control, so yep. it's lopsided. Yeah, it, it is. doesn't do shit to you. It's just like, hey, pure value, sweet. I love this card. I love playing value cards. Um, so like, it's one sided. It's really good. It's got first strike, so it's Really hard to kill in combat. Excuse me. Its major drawback is that it's got a two on the ass end, so it dies to pretty much everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a dead weight takes it out. Fiery Impulse without Spell Mastery takes it out. If somebody's playing Fiery Temper and, like, discards it for Madness, or even not, yeah. that'll take it out. Grasp of Darkness still takes it out. Ultimate um, Price would take the fucking thing out. Uh -huh. Nobody plays... Like, Price of Progress is such a scarce card, though. Price of Progress? Price of Progress? Or, yeah. Ultimate Price, my bad. Yeah. Sorry, we were what? talking about eternal formats and then came back to standard. <laughs> yeah, um, ultimate price. Like I took it out. Like I used, to, it used to be a, a, a card that made it into my deck, mainly like Sylvan Advocates and shit. But then you just got to take care of those quick with like Grasp of Darkness. Well, the big thing is ultimate price doesn't kill manlands where Grasp usually does. Mm -hmm. So that's why Grasp became like the go-to removal card. Yep. Like sure, it's black black, but what doesn't it kill? Yeah. Uh, Pretty much nothing. Yeah, it even kills a fresh Thalia. Indestructible? That doesn't fucking matter because state-based effects. Ah, uh, yeah, that's it. 
Jesus what Christ, I you guys are bad, bad with names. You said Dahlia. So I said Dom. Yes, you, you said did. Whoops. So it doesn't kill Archangel of Ties, which pretty much nobody plays anymore. No. And it doesn't kill, like, the big fat fatties of the format or anything with Hexproof. Yeah. Dashwood Darkness pretty much answers everything right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, it is... If I was building a deck right now that was playing black, I'd probably be starting off with, like, four Grasp of Darkness. Four Grasp, four Read the Bones, and then just two Kali Toss, and then see whatever happens. Yeah, and then you just go off that. Because, like... Those are just like your staples in black right now. And oh, and so is duress and transgress the mind. Transgress is duress, not so much. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. So um, that was pretty much like one of the biggest best cards that was spoiled. Um, beyond that, we have a couple other interesting things. Like, do we want to talk about the judge promos and stuff that are coming out? Um, we should probably like, continue they're, they're talking. Talk about that later. They're technically new releases. We'll I mean, talk about those later. Well, are they interesting? I mean, yeah, it's because we have uh, a I mean, there's Mana Drain. What? Yeah, yeah Mana Drain's a judge promo. Motherfucker. Look uh, at it. Susa. Shit. And then the FNM promo for August, I believe, is playing Pendrels. Oh, yeah. I actually have to start playing in events again. <laughs> God damn it, I want those. playing in events. Well, the, well the, the Zusa and the Mana Drain are judge promos. Yeah. Yeah, I know that, but I'm talking about the Flying Pendrels. Because I do like that card. That's that's a sideboard card for lots of things. Yes. Because so, you know, the if the languish is too much, you need a little less than that, and you don't really feel like the four man is necessary. You go for flying tendrils, and it does the job. So let's uh let's continue on. Let's yeah. go over a couple other rares and stuff for this format. So Hammer Garrison is another new rare that has come out. Um, See, that card was interesting because uh, we got the flip side first and they didn't show us the initial side and everybody mm -hmm. was like, what the shit is that? It's not the right number to be a land. What, what, what the hell's you, going you, on here? Yeah, like, a lot of people speculated that it was green or red because, you know, if you know how the color cycle goes for spoiler season in Magic uh, Order, it's colorless, white, blue, black, red, green... And then I never remember if it's artifacts or multicolored next. Multicolored next. Really, so it's multicolored then artifacts. Yes. So I just like residence order for the store. <laughs> um, so it goes white, blue, colorless, white, blue, black, red, green, multicolored artifacts, lands. Yes. And then basic land. So at one thirty, we knew it wasn't a land that this thing was on. But you see, we were half right because it has the same number on the back of the land that uh, is part of this. No, it has the same number on the back of the red card. Yes, which is why it puts it at this. Well, no, 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 number. no. It ha I'm saying it has the same number as the red card on the back of the land. So that could have been a spoiler for either because they have the same collector's number on the back of it. The red card has the same number on the back as Hamware the Writhing Township. Yes, but... That's not a land. Huh? Hamware the Writhing Township is the no, land. No, 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 no. Hear me out now. Hear me out. We saw the backside. Uh-huh. Okay? Mm -hmm. This is step one. We saw the backside, which people were saying was the land. What well, It could which have been we, a land. We were saying, no, it was confirmed it was not a land. Hold, hold your fucking horses for one second. Just let me, just let me say this. All right. There were still people that were saying, oh, it's a land on the other side. Mm-hmm. They were half right, because the collector's number on the back of the land is still 130. No, it's e not. Look at what I'm looking at. Right? So look at your land number. Yes, yes, the land number is 204, but the spoiler could have been for either, because they're the same. At least that's what I'm getting from both of the flip cards. It uses the this one is, that's earlier on. This, no, it, it uses the one that it, it says melds with. Yes. And this being at 204 would have no indication that this is a land. Because right, one thirty. Are you guys not 
getting what I'm throwing down here? No, I don't think anybody is. No. Okay, so <laughs> look at the collector's number on yes, the back right. of 204, 130. Yes. Right, so 130, which is the red card. Which would indicate it's not a land by where it's located at in the set. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm looking at the backside of the land that melds with it, and it has 130. Like, are they are they different cards that come out that make this? Or, like, yeah, is there nothing on the backside of Handware Battlements? The top half of it. The top half. Yeah, the... Okay, so we're going to go over how meld works now, because... Okay. Oh, has this been a thing? This isn't a new thing? No, meld's no, a new a thing, thing. Okay. but we've already gone over how it works. So basically, the spoilers here are bupkis, right? Yeah, I'm just no, that's I'm right. confused about how this works. Okay. No, so no, this, not this. this part is here, right? Yeah. This part is here on the back of this card. No. Okay, no, that's... You've, you've got the, the top half. So, all right, so we'll go over the two cards first, then we'll, I'll explain meld. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so we have Hammer Garrison. Okay. Uh, it's two in red. It's a 2-3. It's a human soldier. Has, whenever it attacks, put two 1-1 one, one red human creature tokens onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. Right. So this, the reason I emphasized human a bit there is because guess what Thalia's lieutenant looks for to enter the battlefield? Humans. Yeah. So you play this thing in red, white. And Thalia gets two counters, yeah. <laughs> you attack with it. Good. You attack with it. And now you put two, three, four power is attacking already. Yeah. And then if you're attacking with the Thalia's Lieutenant, that's an additional at least three. Okay. Yeah. It would be four because this thing enters after. It depends. This could have been down first. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So it's an additional at least um, three on the Thalia's Lieutenant. Because assuming that Garrison was down first, the two other humans enter, it becomes a three-three because it gets plus one, plus one for each human that enters. Okay. So... It also says at the bottom of it, melds with handware battlements. Right. Yes. So now we're gonna go to handware battlements real quick. Right. <laughs> it's a land. Surprise. Yeah. Tap. Add a colorless mana to your mana pool. Right. Red. Tap. Target creature gains haste until end of turn. So let's think about this real quick. This is a five mana investment for Hammer Garrison and this thing for Hammer Garrison to have haste, which conveniently enough is what it takes. To have both of them meld. Uh, five mana and six, because you have to tap the handware battlement, battlements. Right. It's red, the battlement, and then three for the garrison. Well, that's to give it haste, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's five. It's five to give it haste, six to flip them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's five mana, which is, you know, five and tap it is its ability to meld. Yeah. So here we're going to go over melding for a quick second. Okay, yeah, we should, because apparently yes. that's where my confusion comes from. Yeah, okay, so... The collector's number of all the meld cards on their backside goes off of the card that says melds with blank. Yeah. So, Hammer the Rising Township's collector number is one th uh, 130. Right. Which matches Hammer Garrison. Right. Which is why whenever Hammer the Rising Township was spoiled, we knew it was a red card or a green card because it's way too early in the set to be a land. Right. So, it's a land quote... In that it melds with one, but the card that it's referencing for its collector's number is the one that says melds with hammer balance. Okay. So. So, so what were you talking about when this was half? Like, what are you yes. talking about? Like, okay. does it only show half of this? All right. So, cards that meld. We're going to read the. I swear to Christ, if to you melt. just explain to me the exact thing I was trying to tell you, I'm going to reach across this table. I'm probably not. <laughs> I'm in the middle, so no. <laughs> so, three red, red. Tap hammer balance. Yeah. If you both own and control Hamware Battlements and a creature named Hamware Garrison, excuse me, exile them, then meld them into Hamware the Writhing Township. 
Okay. So, how melding works is you take Hamware Battlements and Hamware Garrison after you pay three red red and tap it. Uh-huh. You take both of them, you exile them. Okay. You then flip both of them over. Okay. Because these new meld cards are two cards put together. Okay. So, Hamware Garrison, take Hamware the Rising Township, cut it in half across the middle. Yeah. Uh, cut it, I guess... I'm going to go real fucking old school on this. Cut it half hamburger style. Horizontally. We can do that, too. I want to act like I'm talking to kindergartners. You uh, are a kindergartner, but continue. <laughs> that's the problem. You're not going to be listening to this, so you're not getting through to anybody that needs that. Fine. All right, so you cut it in half horizontally. Hamware Garrison is the bottom half of that. That says legendary creature Eldrazi ooze, trample haste whenever Hamware blah, blah, blah attacks. And the top half is Hamware Battlements, which is the picture in the name. Okay. So here's So a- this is Hamware Garrison. Uh-huh. This is Hamware Battlements. He put his hand over the artwork for the Halfway first one. Up. Yes. Um so here's a question. Whenever these are melded, mm-hmm. are they do they look like they're tapped sideways when they're melded or yes. are they horizontally? Okay, so it would be if you take two cards and turn them like they're tapped and put them next to each other, that's how meld cards look whenever they're melded. Ew. So they're like squares. Yeah. Ew. Melt. I hate life. This sounds like the stupidest thing yeah. I've ever heard in my fucking life. Yeah, but then life. when you Why attack, you doing... tap them like that. Yeah. So you turn them upside... Oh, ew. Ew. <laughs> ew. So what? Mel- melding's a little obnoxious. So what? A little? This okay. Is, this, is, this is a melded card. This is it when it's not melded. This is it melded. This is it... No, not th- melted and untapped. This is it melted and attacking. Yes, it's weird. <laughs> oh so my god! Anybody, I'm sorry that we don't have visual aids for this because you don't want you, them. You so- don't want them. You do not want them. This is the dumbest <laughs> thing ever. Wizards, why? Why the fuck? Okay, so we've gone from Origins that had like five cards with check cards, and then we went to Shadows over Innistrad that had a pile of cards with check cards, oh and now we've got cards with check cards that you. Oh my fucking god! Somebody, ugh. why? Why is that with board states the way they can get? Why in the hell would they do that? The best part part is when we have to start explaining officially, which I can't do now because rulings and such aren't out yet. Yeah. Um, officially, how bouncing meld cards work because that's gonna get fucking hysterical. Oh Ew. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I'm not it's going not over one... that today. We're waiting for the official FAQ, so I know I'm 100% right on that. I, um, I hope until you're not then. 100% right about what the fuck you're babbling about now. <laughs> yeah, so, it's, it's really sorry. confusing. This is so dumb. <laughs> so you mean to tell me the spoilers are not actually... <sighs> um, They're not 100% correct, but it's so showing you what the full image of the back That's not like. the full... Okay, so you're looking at Hammer Garrison. I, I get it. This is going to be this, and that's going to be the other one. And it's yes. going to be Hammer Garrison is the bottom half of your horizontally cut Hammer the Rising. So Council. where the legendary creature Eldrazi is from there down, that's what's going to be on the back of Garrison. And possibly some of the other. I mean, it's going to yes. be pretty sweet because that means, you know, in some way there's going to be full artish things, but it's the <laughs> stupidest way to go about it I've ever heard in my life. So... I will, <laughs> I will mock you. I don't care. <laughs> Not outwardly, because the, that's bad sportsmanship. But if you play this against me, in my mind, I'm fucking you. 
I, I won't mock you outwardly because but that's to be rude. Fair, but in my mind, I'll be like, what in the fucking Christ are you doing with your life? They're probably going to be dead if they're playing it against you because you're taking 13. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here's a good example. Says you! Here's Hello, Boonlight! You can see oh, the here you go. Yeah, it. go to Chittering Host. You can see the cut. Go to where? Chittering Host. You can see the cut in it. Which, Chittering Host is another cut I want to talk about. Because, you know, we don't just talk about, like, all the bomb-ass rares and mythics. I want to talk about the limited playable things. Go to the newest spoilers. Like, uh, Midnight huh? Scavengers and newest. Graph Rats. Click right there. So, Midnight no, Scavengers, uh. while they're doing that, oh. is four and a black for a creature human rogue. When Midnight Scavengers enters the battlefield, you may return target creature card with CMC 3 or less from your graveyard to your hand. So in Limited, this is really good, because it's a 3-3, three, three, which is a pretty good body. Yeah, cuts. It's a pretty good body, and then it's 5 mana, which in Limited is not a really huge investment. Tim's gonna kill and someone. it gets a 3-drop or less creature back to your hand. So this thing pairs with a card by the name of Graph Rats. It melds with it. I have a problem. I what? need to step in for a second because I was just I was just pointed out chittering host. Why the fuck did they cut it off at the art? <laughs> fuck! Because card sizes. Fuck! <laughs> okay, carry on. Carry on. They cut it off in part of the. I'm art. sorry, headphone users. Don't care. So, warning. <laughs> this has been a rage-filled one. I'm gonna save it. Oh fuck so, me. So, graph rats is one in a black. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you both own and control Graph Rats and a creature named Midnight Scavengers, exile them, then meld them into Chittering Host. So Graph Rats is a 2-1 for 2, which is pretty respectable and limited. Mm-hmm. Um, it partners with a 3-3 for 5 that can get back Graph Rats or, you know, other various things. And then at the beginning of combat, it turns into Chittering Host, which is pretty good as well. So Chittering Host is a 5-6 with Haste and Menace. So it has to be blocked by at least two creatures. Yeah. Which is, you know, appropriate because it's and two it's a horror. creatures. Yeah, and it's a horror to go along that theme God. for uh, things being horror. God, fuck. <laughs> it's also an Eldrazi horror. Jesus. Actually, I, I want to jump in another second. But this card has more text and it's really good text for limited. Oh my it's God. Really good text, period. Fine, keep, keep, keep whinging and whining on. I'll fucking I'll share my rage later. When Chittering Host enters the battlefield, so you meld... Um, you meld your Midnight Scavengers and your Graph Rats, and you get a Chittering Host. Fuck! Bullocks! When Chittering Host enters the battlefield, <laughs> other creatures you control get plus one, plus zero, and menace until end of turn. This thing is so good in Limited, and it's two commons! Could you imagine that with... I mean, I know this isn't going to happen in Limited, but with the township... Okay, if somebody manages to pull off, like... Hamware Garrison and Hamware Battlements having two rares that perfectly go together... And Chittering Host, it builds a, like, black-red deck and limited. My hat's off to you, because you probably just made the most disgusting thing people will see in fucking limited. Because that means you're going to have an 8-4 with Trample Haste and Menace, plus a 5-6 with Haste and Menace, and then you're going to shit out two 3-2s on top of it? Like, that's just fucking disgusting. If you do that unlimited, you let us know, because I want to know, and I want to congratulate you. I will make every attempt to do that. If you flip it... They're a lot bigger because it's a three-three or a an eight-four, and you shoot out four twos. No, you shoot out three twos. It's not on the battlefield. Yeah, but whenever it enters the battlefield, so whenever you transform, these won't be here. Oh yeah, okay, never mind. You're right. That's when they attack. Never mind. Tyson's right right once. (laughs) Once. Yes. Come on. 
So, while we're talking about, like, completely unrealistic, limited expectations, let's talk about the one that I really want to do and live the fucking dream, because it's not good and constructed and I'll never do it. Dang I mean, I might do a deck to dirtle with it. So, let's talk about our last, like, super constructed playable card out of these cards that we've gotten so far. Admittedly, Borrow Malevolence is pretty good. Target creature gets minus one, minus one for black mana. Not bad at all. And yeah, and it's got Escalate to give something plus one, plus one as well. Yeah. It, it so, lets your, um, what the hell is that thing called? Sylvan Advocate to get through. They're Sylvan Advocates. Yeah, I mean, it can make Sylvan Advocates win fights. If you're playing Jund or Black Green Seasons Pass, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. like, it's okay there. Yeah. So, uh, Gnarlwood <coughs> Gnarl Gnarl Dryad is yeah. considerably better in Black Green Seasons yeah. Pass. Oh my god, yes. Us, yeah, Seasons Pass had an issue. So, let's go over our last, like, super uh, constructed playable cards. So, I'm going to go over the relevant one for Constructive Playability first. People have been hailing it as a mini Bane Slayer. I'm not going to give it quite that much praise just because it's got a 3 on its back end. If it had a 4, I'd probably do that. But since it's got 3, it dies to a lot more stuff. Um, the card we're talking about here is Gisela the Broken Blade. It's a legendary creature, Angel Horror. It's 2 white-white, so it's 4 mana <clears throat> for a legendary angel. Horror as well, so it won't be bounced by your thing in the ice if you're playing like blue white control and using this thing as a finisher. It's got flying, first strike, and life link, which is really, really good. Mm -hmm. It also ramps right, or it doesn't ramp, it uh, curves right into Avison. So if you're really. Yes, but the other one doesn't curve right after Avison, well, which is no. slightly annoying. But you know what? I really feel like that meld isn't going to be a big thing, but no, I feel like Gisela not. will be a big thing by herself. The I mean, meld's not going to be playable because Bruna's just too much. Yeah, I feel like one or two Brunos to be able to transform them is fine. Probably one at best, because the thing is, Gisela goes into Avison, and if you have to go any further than that, yeah, you're no, probably but my point anyway. being, like three Gisela and like one or two Brunos is fine. Yeah, yeah you play one tops. Yeah, because there's a chance that they're gonna go like after they do the Avison, then they're gonna go into secure the waste the next turn for Westvale Abbey because they're gonna be playing. But that. here's the thing, though, like if you're transforming this, and Abbey can't kill that thing. And this thing has Vigilance. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's a perfect answer for Abby. So, like, I can see it being two. I can see That's it being That's my one. argument. All right, so let's finish up Gisela's text. Because we went over the Flying First Strike Life Link. It's got your standard meld text, except this one's at the beginning of your end step. Um, if you control Gisela and Bruna, then exile them and meld them into Brasilla, Voice of Nightmares. Um, so I'm actually seeing that seam in every card now, and it's driving me batshit insane. <laughs> so it's a 4-3, which is a pretty good body. 4-3 Flying First Strike Lifelink, it's really, really hard to go wrong with that. Yeah. My big problem is that it's got a 3 on the butt. Which means it dies to lots and lots of things. So earlier on we were talking about um, you know, just like the removal and standard. Yeah. So Grasp of Darkness gives things minus 4, minus 4, which you know kills Kalitas and stuff like that as well. But the thing is, this dies to more stuff than like... Kalitas, Avacyn, etc. So spell mastery, fiery impulse, fiery temper, blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. It, dies the language hard. I mean, pretty much everything dies the language yeah. that's playable. Yeah. Um, only except a for an active thing, Sylvan though. advocate. Yeah. So like, Gisela dies to some of the more like. It's less played now because it didn't kill anything, but a bunch of the one mana red removal. Like, Gisela dies really hard to stuff like that, where, like, Kalita, Kalidus, 
or Kalitas, however you want to pronounce it. I always pronounce it Kalitas. Yeah, I, hear a lot same. Of people, I always hear a lot of people call it Kalitas. Yeah, but there are lots of different pronunciations for lots of different things, and half the time you have to wonder what the hell is going on, because yeah. some of them sound really, like Emrakel. What? Yeah, I've I, never heard that. I go, I, we have. I go <laughs> Kalitas, because Kalima. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Um, so, like, stuff that doesn't kill Kalitas or Avacyn kills Gisela. Because she's got three on the ass end. Yeah. Um, it's like, that's my major drawback with her, and the reason I'm not hailing her as a mini Bane Slayer. And Come rotation, when Fiery Impulse be. is out, and Fiery Temper is probably three mana unless you have a good Madness outlet, I can see her getting there. I, I'm but until that time, she's a little eh. Tormenting Voice was printed in uh, Shadows. So yes. yeah, we're still going to have a good Madness outlet, because if you're playing red, you're probably going to want to play Tormenting Voice for that card selection. So yes, you'll still have the Madness outlet there. We've also got Lightning Axe still, if you want to get like a double down. Yes, yeah. that is actually Which, beautiful, because 5 to the creature, 3 to the face. Lightning Axe isn't like super playable, though. A lot of people don't play it, which is why I didn't bring it up earlier. But it, coming later it on, can be it can be fun with Fiery Temper, better, yeah. Yes. I mean, if you if you it, play to the Drowning Yard Temple, so you play very aggressive discard, then yeah, it's fairly good. Yeah, and does like you just advocate. said, Lightning Axe does kill Advocate. It does a handful of things that are pretty relevant. Imagine yeah. coming in future Fiery standard Axe, their Advocate, so and kill their Dryad, or the Narwhal Dryad, with the Temper. <laughs> so, you probably heard us mention Brissella Voice of Nightmares briefly. So let's talk about Bruna, the Fading Light. Yeah, the, so, other, the other half of this. So I'm less excited about this one. In that it is a five white and white. So it's seven man, which is a pretty big investment in your deck. So it as well as a legendary creature angel horror. But here is the pretty cool slash good upside of her being seven mana. When you cast Bruna the Fading Light, you may return target angel or human creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So she doesn't have to resolve to do that is the big part. The flip side is, since it's not an enter the battlefield trigger, you can't just, like, cheaty face, reanimate her out, and then get a buddy as well. She's she's a very minor angel of glory's rise. She doesn't so, get all humans out. She gets one. Or an angel. Exactly. So, the thing is, Bruna can get you, like, you know, Limvala, Gisela, Archangel Avacyn. Yeah, like, the great thing about these, though, is if you do have the Gisela, uh, Gisela curving into Avacyn plan... You can kill Gisela's ass and Avison won't flip. Yep. Yeah, because Archangel Avison does specifically say non angel. Non angel. Yep. So, so just a little, just a little thing there to keep an eye out. I've actually for. had a couple of people forget that, and I know the commentators on Star City have forgotten at a time or two because they're like, "Oh, I don't understand why he did this," and I'm sitting there thinking to myself and like talking to them like, "Because that's an angel, dumbass." Yep. Um. So that's one of the cool things about Bruna. Is if you are playing a one of Bruna in your like Gisela Archangel Avacyn deck, you can get the Gisela off of it. Like you cast for seven, you get Gisela back. She resolves end of turn. You merge, you uh, meld them, and then you have a Gisela Voice of Nightmares, which does make Bruna significantly better because unless Gisela is exiled, you just basically made your double Eldrazi double Angel. So let's talk about Priscilla for a second. Gisela, the Broken Blades, power and toughness was 4-3. Bruna, the Fading Light's power and toughness was 5-7. So, what's 5 and 4? 9. What's 7 and 3? 10. What do you think this thing's power and toughness is? 
Nine, ten. Oh, look at that. Oh, my. So, don't be smug about something you didn't come up with. The people who made the card came up with that. Shut up. Yeah, but you still have to recognize it, right? Oh, my God. Is the same thing yeah, true with the, the township? No. Do you also want to notice that how Gisela has flying first strike and lifelink while Bruna has flying and vigilance and then Gisela has flying first strike, vigilance, and lifelink? Yeah. Technically double flying? Yes. I've already made point. like the double Eldrazi, double angel joke like a thousand times. So so why not double flying too? But the double angel horrors. So let's go over the other lines of text on Brasella. Fucking super obnoxious lines. Yeah. Your opponents can't cast spells with CMC three or less. That's obnoxious. Which was the not reason a... why I was also saying that I could see two of uh, Bruna. Yeah, this this is. I an, don't think you're gonna like, see two. The, the backside of Brazella, I think, is way too good to not see two. I think you're only gonna play. I think you're only gonna see one Bruna ever. Yeah, and I don't even know if you're gonna see it most of the time because like Gisela is like, Gisela's on curve. Like you turn yeah. one Thrabin Inspector. Excuse me. Turn two, Knight of the White Orchard or Thalia's Lieutenant. Turn three, slam down your Thalia. Turn four, follow that shit up with the Gisela. Turn five, Avacyn. Oh my like, god. You're just fucking on curve the whole yeah, way through. You can through. turn three Gisela, though, if you do the Knight and you're on the draw. Yeah, you can potentially get Gisela out as your turn three, which is also really fucking good. Mm -hmm. But you want Thalia out. You want yeah. Thalia in there. Yeah, but the thing is, if you go Thraven Inspector Knight, then you want to go into Gisela. Yeah. Yes. If you go Thraven Inspector Thalia's Lieutenant, you want to go into Thalia. Yeah, right. because then you want that counter on Thalia's Lieutenant. But, like, Mono White, huge fucking power boost off Gisela alone. Like, well, that's not, so good. it's not surprising. And Estrad is definitely driving the white thing. So, but another... No, it's the idea of the set, though. Like, the whole... Oh, my God. What? Fine, fine. You know what? Let's not talk about this. Let's do what you want to do, Tyson. No, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm no, just getting ready no. for the next one. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But, You're just giving me those little dancey fingers because you uh, wanted to move on. to Ginger. Uh. What, all those Lancers? Yeah, well, we're not going to talk about that yet. Tim's going to finish his rant. Yeah, it's not really a rant. It's just the direction that the set's going. It definitely wants to drive home the uh, how how religious Innistrad is with like their wards and their Cathars and shit. Like, just, I, I feel like until we see more, though, I kind of wonder what happened to the vampires and werewolves for this set. We got one werewolf, and I don't see any vampires here. I, um, so the werewolves and vampires are probably trying to fight the madness. Um, no, it's realistically immune to the madness and probably going to end up saving the world. Hmm. Zombies, because they don't have a fucking brain. Well, that that only really says also that Liliana is going to be stepping in quite a lot. Yeah. To, we already know Liliana is in this. She's the fucking mascot. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, that's the reason that she's so good for, like, this. is because zombies aren't sentient, so you can't really control their minds, can you? Right. Though I did, I did finally finish reading all of the lore for uh, for uh, Shadows Over Innistrad. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, Liliana is going to have a huge part because because she's worried about Jace. Yo, she's all about that Jace. All about she's that too Jace. Good. About that Jace. No. Yeah, she's all about that Jace. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't know who else she'd be worried about. No, she's totally <laughs> worried about Jace. That's that's pretty obvious. <laughs> all about that Jace. About Stop. That Jace. No table. No. Oh my god. People are actually hoping for that. Hoping to get another Tibble. It's like, why? I really hope we don't get another Tibble. Tibble spikes the Planeswalker spot. <laughs> like, fuck yes. But yeah, Tibble's like, in the, uh, Tibble's gonna be one of the new fucking Planeswalker decks that we're getting. It's got, no, 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 there's gonna be a Planeswalker. There's Planeswalkers that meld. Okay, no. Tibble with Liliana. Nope. Jason Tamiyo meld. 
I re- <laughs> That'd be sweet. You shut your goddamn mouth. I would love. I would listen. I hate the meld cards right now. The meld cards Trigger. are pissing. Like, there's one reason why the meld cards are fine, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But if if we get like a meld plane, well, unfortunately, the only way that'd work is if it was an Eldrazi planeswalker. Quite literally, because that's the only way the melds work. There's no way they're just gonna be like. Oh, we're just gonna... Tamio and Jace are just like, we are going to do a fusion now. Excuse me. When have you ever been able to do that before? And the Liana's jealous and comes in and kills Tamio. It's like, stop that. You no. stop that shit right now. So anyhow. Stop. If we, if we stop. Play- no, I'm serious. Stop. You stop that. Or, I know you're violating my rights. You stop that foot shit right now. John Tron reference. You're welcome. So if we I really- just made the viewing numbers go up. Trust me. <laughs> oh. So if we really want to play bad white rares that have no right to be in our deck, <laughs> okay. Ginger, thinking yeah. that Bruno's going to be like a two of and three of and shit, why not just play Thalia's Lancers? Because then it can find our Gisela, or our Avacyn, or our Thalia, or our Bruna. guess that's fair. I forgot the thing existed. So for anybody that isn't aware, Thalia's Lancers is going to be a phenomenal card in Limited just because it's a... 4-4 four, four for 5 yep, for first, first strike. strike. Mm-hmm. It's 3 white-white. That's all the text you care about Unlimited unless you happen to get one of these legendary cards and then you're just going to win your limited format because you just play a bunch of white cards and blue cards to stall until you play them. Um, but Thalia's Lancers is 3 white-white, first strike, 4-4. Four, four. Human Knight, when it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a legendary card. Not legendary creature, legendary card. Reveal it, put it into your hand, and shuffle your library. Hey, so, uh, like, if you missed your oath of Nyssa, now's the time to get it. <laughs> eh? I, mean, I don't think I want an oath of Nyssa on turn five. No. So here's a question. Well, whatever, what are we going to get with that thing? Other than, you know, the things that you just said. I mean, you in the here? limited format, that's pretty much it. Yeah. All right. Unless, of course, you decide to be greedy as shit and you try grabbing Ulrich. <laughs> You'd do it. I know you would, Ginger. Don't you look at me like that. I probably would. Or or Emrakul. Oh, yeah. If you get an Emrakul, you can fucking throw his Lancers for that shit in Limited. Have fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, well, Limited's pretty slow. You can probably get to 13 mana eventually. I mean, I mean it's it also not 13 less. mana. It costs one less for each card type. Right. So, like, oh, I had a creature die. I played this sorcery. I'll discard this artifact to your discard spell. Well, Emrakul's like 10 now. <laughs> So here's something I noticed that we were talking when we were talking about the angels, mm-hmm. is on both of the angels it says one sees the visions and then one hears his murmurs. Mm-hmm. Well, on the- murmurs. Now here, okay. Anyways, uh, and on the back it says Sigarda could only weep. So does that mean that we're gonna get a Sigarda too? So that's what I'm not sure about. We had Sigarda. Host of Yeah. We had the one recently. Yeah, like we I, have I one forgot in we got Shadows. One. Yeah. Yeah, we have one in Shadows. It no, was. It's definitely it's Host of Herons. Uh, no, it's the other one. Oh, no, it is Herons. Yeah, Herons. it's. It, yeah. Shit. Sorry, I remember yeah. the playable uh, Sigarda. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing shade. Yeah. So, Sigarda Herons Grace is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Sigarda Heron's Grace is the one that was in Shadows. It's like, we already have a Sigarda. Will we get another one? It's possible. I doubt it. Yeah. I completely forgot we got this one. 
Yeah, well, from a lore perspective, uh, Bruna and Gisela were under the influence of Avazin, who was under the influence of Emrakul, but Sigarda was not catching them vibes. She was actually quite worried for her life because, you know, Avazin felled the other angel, whom well, I have no idea who that is. to be fair, Sigarda, playability-wise, the old one would stop the Eldrazi anyways because Annihilator wouldn't affect her because you can't sacrifice permanence. Correct. Well, that's quite good. Yeah, well, which, was really which is good why it makes Nyla. sense for her to be like, "Oh, hey, I'm I'm afraid. Like, I'm not. I hate you. Get away from me." Yeah, <laughs> I ain't doing this shit. I'm gonna tell you, I'm enjoying you, but I ain't doing it. Oh, they, she didn't even commit. They were just trying to talk her into it. She's like, "I I don't know no. what's going on, but don't fucking no. kill me." Yeah, if you read the lore, Avison, Bruna, and Gisela like circled around Sigarda. Yeah, like this was like Sigarda a power like, play. I could probably take you or you, maybe both of you, but, but not Avison her behind me too. I can't take all three. <laughs> so Sigarda pretty much just went, yeah, you know, I, I got what you're throwing down. I, I can do that. I'll, yeah, we got this, Avacyn. Could you imagine if Avacyn and um, Sigarda melded together? I'd well, rather not. No. <laughs> not only that, that but probably be the strongest one. Avacyn's straight gone. Yeah, like Avacyn got deleted by Soren. Yeah. Like, yeah literally deleted. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, like, control, F4. delete, and task. Permanently. <laughs> uh, empty trash can. Stop. <laughs> all right, all right. It's like those are probably our most playable cards of the more recent spoilers. Cryptolith fragment. You, know you know what's very uh, really? You think Cryptolith fragment's gonna possibly EDH? I feel like they um, purposely printed that. Well, for maybe EDH. not EDH, but you know that thing that we were just talking about earlier with triskaidekaphobia. Oh, come on. You know as well as I do. I was fucking trolling there. I don't think it's going to happen. No, but you can help it out more often. So for anybody that's not aware and hasn't looked at spoilers as well, Cryptolith Fragment is three colorless mana for an artifact. Surprise, it costs all colorless. Three all, generic all, mana. Yeah. God damn it, stop fapping that bullshit. The only reason why wastes are in here anyway is just a rata. It was a failed experiment. Who cares? Move on. Yeah, so you notice how Emrakul doesn't have waste in the cost? That's why. Move realistically, on. whenever we talk about them, if we say waste is what we mean for what Wizards calls colorless mana, I'm sorry, I've been playing this game for way too long to get used to and adapt easily to calling what I've known as colorless mana for like 10 years generic mana now. It was it's in, a really hard transition just don't to worry about it. It was in yeah. one set. It was a failed experiment. I'm surprised they're even looking it in the face anymore. So anyhow, it costs three mana of any color. <laughs> there we go. Oh, That's yeah. how we'll go about this. Or colorless. <sighs> or generic. Whatever! <laughs> Get um, the Fragment enters the battlefield tapped. So, like, already we're a turn behind for playing a mana rock, which is not where you want to be. You want your mana rocks to be able to tap for mana. Then it's tap, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Each player loses one life. Then, at the beginning of your upkeep, if each player has ten or less life, transform Cryptolith Fragment. So, this is where this card gets kind of cool, and why I didn't really go over it. Like... The Mana Rock side's largely irrelevant, but this side's actually pretty sweet. So it transforms into a creature Eldrazi Reflection, which is the first time we've had something with, like, Reflection as a card type that I can think of. The artwork's gorgeous. Yeah, the artwork also looks nice. I'm yeah. probably going to get a foil just because it's going to yeah. be yeah. beautiful. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a 1-4 flyer with Death Touch. 
And whenever Aurora of Emrakul attacks, each opponent loses three life. Not takes three damage, loses three life. So that yep. can't even be prevented. Nope. That's like Shaman of the Pack bullshit, except not as good. Uh, that thing with always watching is really good. Because now I can just sit on back on defense with flying and death touch. Well, I mean, then it's a 2-5 flyer death touch vigilance that attacks to drain three. Yeah. Well, make them lose three. So, <laughs> beyond that, we have one other thing of note, and that is another mechanic that we didn't go over, because only one card has it. Um, it's called Emerge. So the card that has it is Wretched or Wretched Griff. It's seven colorless mana for a creature Eldrazi Hippogriff, which I love that there's hippogriffs in this set, <laughs> and that one of them is an Eldrazi Hippogriff. Like you have no idea how excited I am about that and how much it amuses me. Actually, you're, this you're gives us a better it. idea of how many Eldrazi there are because you know W's lower end of the alphabet, which tells us it's number twelve. So there aren't very many colorless well, spells mean, in this set. This is true. Uh, actually, we have Bruna at 15. Uh, Blessed's before that, so 13. So we actually know it's the last colorless spell. Wretched, uh, Wretched Griff is the last colorless spell of the set. Because Blessed Alliance is card number 13. Okay, so 12 colorless spells this set. Correct. Which will go into something I want to mention after we're done talking about sure. Wretched Griff. All right, so Wretched Griff has another mechanic called Emerge. Um, it's Emerge, five and a blue. So you may cast a spell by sacrificing a creature and paying the Emerge cost reduced by that creature's converted mana cost. So let's say I have... I thought not. No. <laughs> I mean, we'll use that for one of the examples. I'll use two examples here. So let's say I have a Thought Knots here. It's three and a colorless, so it's four mana. If I Emerge, sacking my Thought Knots here... Wretched Griff then costs one and a blue. It also has a cast trigger of when when you cast Wretched Griff, draw a card, and it's a 3-4 with flying. So one and a blue, 3-4, your opponent draws a card, you exile a card from their hand earlier from your Thought Knots here, you draw a card and you've got a flyer now. Pretty great. So like, it's pretty mediocre when you use Thought Knot for yeah. the example. Yeah. Well... <laughs> It depends on how much uh, card removal or hand removal you're using against them. I mean, they're drawing a card regardless, though. Yeah. Yeah, but still, if you're still playing hand remover, you spent hand remover removal. You spent a grand total of two mana to play this. You can still take a look at what card they just drew. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if you have another like discard spell, but it, it feels mediocre whenever you use thought not yeah. as an example because then you're both drawing a card and you're well, changing no, you your thought four, not four, as four, the three, example. Four. Use something else. Well, he said thought not. Uh, something you wanted to say. All right, so okay. here, <laughs> fine, fine. Let's use a really good example then. Let's use matter reshaper. Two and a colorless Thanks for a three good. two. So you sack a matter reshaper. The trigger goes off. You get another card to your hand or onto the field if it's CMC's less than three because matter shaper's ability. Then you pay. Two and a blue for a 3-4 flyer that drew you a card. There you go. How about that? There That's you a go. much better example. But there you go. We're teching for people right now. Boom. <laughs> we are building Here, decks at this... Here's your green-blue Eldrazi deck. No, this isn't good enough to be in green-blue Eldrazi. Hell no. So, the other interesting thing, and you know, until we have the full FAQ, I can only assume it works as such. And when we have the full FAQ, I will confirm or deny if that's how it works. But it's five and a blue. So, theoretically, let's say I'm sacrificing my thing in the ice. 
which is one in a blue for cost. Mm -hmm. Now, it's four colorless for this card. Because it does say you may cast a spell by sacrificing a creature and paying the emerge cost reduced by that creature's converted mana cost. Oh, so you can re you could nope. potentially remove blue. Nope, CMC doesn't look for colors. It should, oh, okay. it, it yeah, should yeah, no. be a blue and three spell. I was going to yeah. say, otherwise mana drain would be much, much different. <laughs> well, that says oh, specifically yeah, it does, it, it does that it does specify adds... X colorless, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mana drain specifies. Um, ew, heavy, ew. So I'm no, pretty sure, oh. I'm pretty sure if you sacrifice Love something some with a blue drain. mana symbol, it will not you know count what? towards the blue cost for Wretched Griff. But I'm not 100% sure until the full FAQ comes out. Uh, at that point, I'll go over all the judge notes so, Tim, and stuff that I'll have love? access to. Huh? So what else do you love that's too blue? Too, too blue? Yeah. You're trying to get me to say it. Well, because I, I edit these and I don't have to add the dings at all, I want to see Counterspell. <laughs> actually, actually, I want to see Counter Stifle. I want to see a three blue spell that says... Triple blue? Counter tar yeah, it'd be triple blue because we're it just combining... restrictive. Yeah. Like we are, we are honestly combining two cards here to have counter stifle. That basically says you want to see. Shut no, no, up. Let him finish on. this. Let, okay. me, let me finish this. Okay. This is basically because Ulamog is still powerful, and he yes. even goes into what I want to talk about yep. in a little bit here. Counter stifle, counter target spell, and stifle its ability. Stifle and on cast trigger. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's what I want to see. I we're just going above counter spell a little bit because I know I was. Just all about having counter counterspell in the set. I want to see counter stifle. I want to see something legitimately for Eldrazi. Be, be able to take out Eldrazi without getting a downside. To yes, it. I want something legitimate because the thing is, the Eldrazi are getting all these powerful things and all these fun things to do. How are the allies supposed to fight that shit? Like why are not allies? Uh, the oath, the Gatewatch, the Jastis yeah. League. Yeah, the Jastis League. How are they supposed... Because right now, their cards look like shit compared to the Eldrazi stuff that's coming out, you know? Like, we need some... We need some... If they're supposed to win, let's fucking see that shit, man. Let's see that in the cards. Yeah, the Eldrazi are really powerful. Where are powerful non-Eldrazi cards coming from? There's, like, a few, obviously, because we talk about Sylvan Advocate. But, like, nothing that really just handles... Uh, Ulamog, like Declaration in Stone, but it still gets its cast triggers. You know, like, there's still, like, we need to see some compensation on who we know the ones that are supposed to win are, goddammit. Well, how do we know they're gonna win? How do we know Jace isn't gonna die here? You see, you know what? Because Jace became the Guild Pact? That might what be the next part die? of their story. He dies, like things Jace go to dies, shit. Ravnica falls to terror, and we go back to Ravnica to try fixing that There's problem. Well, well, that different seems fun. Line. That seems fine. So long as the Eldrazi have nothing to fucking do with it. So long as the Eldrazi get tidied away in a corner, and we continue with that, doing something. Because I feel like they're ruining the flavor of Innistrad by saying, well, let's just throw Eldrazi in there and see what happens. So, Gingy asked a question while Tim was uh, doing Ranting. his rant. I have so many fucking tirades for this upcoming set, and I'm not sorry about them. I feel like they need to be discussed. So, Gingy had a question. Isn't this an alternate timeline? Why, yes. Yes, it <laughs> is. Some of the things have changed since the past. Like, uh -huh. you know, Sarkin tra time traveling on Tarkir to bring back, oh, uh, what was right. his name? Oh, right. Ugin's alive now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So, oh, do God. we know that Jace is still the Guild Pact? Fair enough. Okay, okay. I, I can't confirm that. I can't deny it, but I can't confirm it. I mean, at this point in time, in this timeline, he is not the Guild Pact. You know, uh, that's not true. I'm largely positive he is the Guild Pact still. Because he was on Ravnica taking care of things. If you read, like, you have to read all the lore that comes out, and I love reading that shit. Um... 
Lavinia the Tenth is Jace's like personal aide, so to speak, while he's doing guild pack stuff. And Gideon did go to Ravnica to talk to him about the problems on Zendikar. So oh. I do believe Jace is still the living guild pact. Which means if he dies here, it makes for a lot of interesting things to happen on Ravnica. Yeah. Which I'd be interested in going back to Ravnica again. I mean, I'm still going with my Emrakul's the moon. Jace is already dead. Three days falls on Termina. <laughs> I mean, Innistrad. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love the joke. I'm going to keep telling it until it's not relevant anymore. Which was like two weeks ago, but still. <laughs> <laughs> well, that means Tamio is the Sage of the Moon, which means she's the Sage of Emrakul. Technically, yeah. Sure. <laughs> we have that slight pregnant pause where it's like, that's where comedy comes from, folks. It's all in the timing. Um, but shit, we were talking about something that was much more relevant. Oh, uh, the time travel plot. I find it funny, funny that wasn't Sarkin going fucking crazy, and then he yes. went back through time, and now he's the one who's Sarkin the Unbroken, and everybody else is going fucking apeshit because of it? So now everybody's going to be unbroken. I, feel I mean, the thing is... No, everybody's going to be broken. He's sitting there like, what's all your fucking problem? I'm fine. No, the thing is that... <laughs> right, so he went Got back mine, bitch! He got the dragon saved, you know, saved the dragon, saved Tarkir, blah, blah. Admittedly saved is a relative term, because I'm pretty sure Tarkir's worse off with the dragons being around. Yes. Um... But, like, Ugin's alive, right? Let's look at the good thing. Ugin's I, alive. I really want there to be another Ugin. I really do. I know Eldrazi ramp decks are going to use that shit like it's never been used before. I don't care. I want one. So, Ugin's alive, which is why Sarkin's not super broken anymore. But the reason everybody else is going ape shit and, like, crazy and stuff is because Emrakul is probably hands down the strongest Eldrazi, even though Ulamog was technically the, like, Eldrazi leader boss dude. Yeah. And that shows in the cards, because Ulamog is definitely the better of the cards. Mm -hmm. um, he's significantly more powerful than Kozilek, but I think Emrakul gives him a run for his money again. Like, original Emrakul was infinitely stronger than original uh, Ulamog and Kozilek, for sure. Yes. Like, yeah. Emrakul's banned in EDH for the original ones. What are the other two? Uh, playable as a general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's obviously a notable power discrepancy there. Uh, anyways, the thing that I said I wanted to see was, uh, potential commands with Escalate. Um, I feel, I feel like the commands might have been something that were really, really, really strong, and wizards might back off from that for a little while. Well, I mean, we had the original commands, like Cryptic, um, what, I don't even remember the rest of them, because Cryptic's the only good one. Cryptic, Profane, Incendiary, austere. Primal, and Austere. Okay, yeah. and then we had the ones with... Cons, which were Ojitai's, Colligan's... Yeah, the Dragonlord commands. Yeah. yeah, like, they tried to depower the commands a little bit, but they still, in the format they put them in, they were still really good. Yeah, like, uh, Colligan's and Atarka's command are still modern playable, for sure. Dromoka's commands everywhere in standard. Ojitai's command is definitely... Ojitai and Salumgar's commands are definitely good in uh, control Well, you don't backs. really see that many Salumgar's commands. You can see one-ofs of them, and they're yes. fairly effective. Mm -hmm. But not many people play them. And, well, the thing is, that doesn't really mean anything, because yeah. it's still a really good card. Yeah. Like, Salongar's one more mana than I would have liked. I'd have liked Salongar's command before. Dramoka's um, uh, command so is also, like, potential really good tech. I think it's starting to pick up some modern play, because it's like, counter-target burn spell, and my dude gets plus one, plus one. Yeah. Or counter-target burn spell, sack your Eidolon of the Great Rebel. Mm -hmm. It's also, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Hmm. 
Fair enough. So, like, Dravoka's command could start seeing, like, more tech play and stuff like that, because it's pretty good. Um, like, it's it's two mana, so why not? Though I feel like the Escalate cards are the kind of commands to this one. There's not going to be, like, other cards to try and mirror no, there, I'm not saying I feel like those be are commands, but... I feel like, I feel like the I Escalate cards are... Well, mm. the, the Escalate cards could be equated to micro-commands. Yeah. Like, they're not the best things, but they're certainly not bad. I just feel like they're the answer to how powerful the commands are. I also think there's going to be more than five commands. Mm. Or five Escalate cards. Right. Like, we've already got a white one and a black one. The white one is probably about as powerful as one should as like the white one blessed alliance is probably one of the more powerful ones yeah. if we're going to be honest yeah uh, which nice. again we went over that earlier but i'll hit it again briefly real quick it's one in a white instant escalate two choose one or more pay two and you get to choose the second one for the escalate you know target player gains four life and target opponent sacrifices an attacking creature for four mana is pretty good that's borderline in ojutai's command i feel i feel like the blue one's going to tap two target creatures instead at the very least it could if it if it doesn't keep them tapped until their next uh if it doesn't keep them tapped for an extra turn though i feel like it's not going to be good enough well it depends on what it's packaged with though i want the foils of this because the thing is it only needs to have one really good mode and then all of a sudden super playable yeah Um, i mean they only need one good mode if yeah if they're all one and two mana they only need one good mode yeah. But, like, having multiple good modes to, modes to be four and five is just icing on the cake. That's what I would like for them to be. Yeah. Okay, so... Well, that artwork. So, can we talk about Ooh. the thing I've been stewing this entire podcast for? Is there still more what's to discuss? What's on the What's that? Well, we got a card. Like, this... I kind of find this great, because we've concer- we've confirmed there are, what, 12 Eldrazi in this set. 12 colorless spells this yeah, we don't set. Now, hang on, hang on, hang on. We get that there are 12 colorless spells, and Devoid doesn't really look like it's a thing anymore. Correct. Coax from the Blind Eternity is, is basically garbage and limited. Yes. Because yes. All, most of the Eldrazi sides are on the other side where they're not seen in exile. Which yep, means yep. it's still going to be great because you can still do Ulamog and the hundred and... What I find out, 102 <laughs> other Eldrazi that the, are out there. Some that one's on the grass line. Is it? Yeah, it's going to be on the grass line. <laughs> oh, God. Now go back to talking to him. But yeah, there's like 102 Eldrazi you can still get, but they have just dropped Devoid. They've just like they dropped Waste Mana. And they're just like, okay, so we have Coax from the Blind Eternities, but it's not going to be that great for this set. But Constructed Play can run away with it. Has a potential to. I mean, I'm hyped. I played, uh, I actually played. So I'm calling the deck. We talked about it briefly last time whenever I was hyping up blue green Eldrazi. Yeah. Um, I'm calling it mono green, splash blue blue, splash red Eldrazi. What? Yeah. It's gone Temur now? Yeah. Cosmic oh. Return's too good not to play. Truth. Yeah. It's really so it's, really so good it's actually like three colors now. I took it to a PPTQ. Okay. And did top eight with it. Did you? So it's not actually complete trash. Wow. And it doesn't even have the Cokes yet. Yeah. Like we don't have Cokes yet. We don't have Emrakul yet. I'm playing Vessel of Nascency, which is, like, relatively bad. I'm playing Kiora, which is really bad until we get Cokes and Emrakul. Yeah, like, like, I just like the idea that whenever Cokes comes, you can just... You, you have no problems with Infinite Obliteration or Transgress because everything's everything's in your toolbox and your sideboard. Your sideboard's a toolbox now, folks. Yeah, so... And fucking Void Winnower's still the, in uh, standard. <laughs> Jesus fucking the, Christ. The two most fun things that I did with this deck at the PPTQ... Was I was playing my opponent on green white tokens, 
I cast a Kozlik's return, and they're like, okay, because they had, like, a Gideon Anissa that was about to ult, and something else that was, like, an, I don't remember what else, but there was some other card on the field that was just not going to get touched by this Kozlik's return. I think it was, like, an Archangel Avacyn or some shit. And like, you know, they're tapping out, because I world breakered them once already, and they're on, like, four mana, so they're just, like, trying to keep on curve and keep up with everything. So I cast this Kozlik's return, and take out all their tokens. And, you know, since I'm a ramp deck and, you know, I already cast a world breaker, I've probably got eight mana. So then I surge a crush of tentacles, <laughs> bouncing their Avacyn, their Gideon, and their Nyssa back to their hand, putting an 8-8 Octopus on the field and putting the world breaker back in my hand. Next turn, they play something. I cast world breaker again, taking out another one of their lands and uh, battle down their Gideon. <laughs> but they replayed that turn. Yeah. Ew. So, like... The deck has a lot of potential, and there's a lot of really weird lines of play. Um, against Bant Coco, I had a super grindy game against them, where I was just sitting on, like, a million mana. I had, in one turn, cast a World Breaker, cast a Surge Crush of Tentacles to get an 8-8 and bounce their entire field and my World Breaker back to my hand, and then cast this same World Breaker again. <laughs> That's how you break worlds. God damn it. <laughs> so, like... It, uh, I keep calling the deck terrible and talking about how bad it is, but it's actually got some really good matchups against a lot of decks. Um, another thing that the deck does really, really well, and I think is what's pantsing people, is uh, it's playing four Traverse, the Open Wall, four Rune in their wake, and then the Explosive Vegetations and Hedron Archive. Yeah. I did cut Brain in the Jar. I'm sorry. It's just not oh, good Oh, man. It's just not good enough. It's so much fun, though. It you is. need Days Undoing in there, though. No, that's not good enough either, oh, though. Oh, brain, brain Days is so great. But it's not good enough. Though Brain Days tutelage is the best ever. But, like it's. I'm gonna I'm gonna daze undoing at the end of your turn. So it, let's go ahead and get 14 triggers going. More or five more Sphinx's tutelage. You can do it, or but I don't believe it's competitive for the blue green Eldrazi list. No, it, so, it, it still works in mono blue prison. So the really cool thing that the deck can do is it can turn one traverse the oval mold, find its waste. Turn two, play ruin in their wake after you play your waste as your land for the turn. Um... Wait, you're actually playing waste in this thing? I'm playing one waste. Okay. You traverse for the waste. Then you ruin in their way because you have a waste on the, in a forest. Yeah. You put another land onto the battlefield tapped. Turn three, play your land, explosive vegetation, go to six. Turn four, cast a world breaker. Get rid of one of your opponent's lands when they're on three. <laughs> you can put them so far behind I and just see this and just pants people. It's not even funny. Oh my god, I need to see this thing in the newest iteration. I was already ready to build it, but Jesus Christ, I need to fucking see it. But yeah. Um, when we get Coax from the Blind Eternities, we're actually going to be able to play it, like, tutor up our Void when we're out of our sideboard. We'll have an extra Ulamog over there. We'll have an Emrakul over there. Our Kozlik's gonna move over there. We're gonna have a Drowner of Hope, a Void, um, an Oblivion Sower. Yeah. Like, you just get to play this entire Eldrazi package of sideboard things to just be like, oh, this one's good in this situation. Here. <laughs> yep. And it'll, it opens up your main deck to have more things that you can do. Yep. Just four cards you got to throw in there, which is four copies of, you know, Coax from oh, the so Blind Eternity. that Eternities. increases your Eldrazi count by four? Pretty much. Mm hmm Which, uh, that's one of the big problems I had playing the green-red version a little back, was, like, you you had, what, four Olamogs and, like, two or three Ugins, but, like, that's not enough threats for how many, like, you don't draw enough for them to be relevant. Yep. Yep, that's 100% true. Like, you have your World Breakers, too, but, like, Coax from the yeah. Blind Tyrannies is going to help that deck a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, this thing's also playing, in the main, a one of Ulvenwald Hydra, which has actually been an MVP. 
Because the other thing is, you know, if, if you go onto the uh, the traverse into ruin into explosive plan and you don't have your next land, you play your Ulvenwald Hydra, find your Shrine of the Forsaken Gods, and now you've got eight mana. Ugh. God. You know, I, I'm very bitter that Eldrazi are still here, but Coach from the Blind Eternities is such a great card. Like, I'm only glad that we have more Eldrazi for that, because that just opens up the world of cheeky uh, cheeky interactions. I'm telling you, though, I'm telling you. You bring in the jar your Coach from the Blind Eternities. I want to, but I don't think Brain in the Jar is good enough. You bring the, the jar. The other problem is Brain in the Jar Nambo is really hard with your Crush of Tentacles. Yeah. You spend all that time putting that, those counters on, and then you have to bounce it to your hand and start over. Mm. But you can remove them and scry. And then you can bounce it. If you have that much mana. Yeah, it does count. I mean, admittedly, three. I did World Breaker cross yes. World Breaker, so like, it's possible. <laughs> that's 19 mana, by the way, for anybody that's not sure. Right. Anywho. I don't know. I'm I'm a staunch brain in the jar player. I just slipped it into my EDH deck to no real effect. I feel like it's not good enough for that either. It's not that good of a card. No, right. I'm sorry. On that note, it's quarter after midnight. I think we should uh, be doing a bit of a sign off. Yeah, That's yeah. Fun. You got a little extra time because of my excitement and anger. <laughs> so yeah, brain um, in the jar. What? Hey, you. it's good whenever you build a deck around it. It is good in my standard deck, though I don't know how good my standard deck is anymore. I mean, it's still a fine deck. Yeah. All right, so uh, I guess that's it for this episode of Memory Lapse, the Magic the Gathering podcast. Uh, any Anything else you want to throw in? Gnarl Wood Dryad is really good. <laughs> I'm still pretty sure unsubstantiates the card I'm most excited about. That yeah. card's really good, too. We just need Counter Stifle. I wanted Brissella, but uh, it's just not good in ramp. We can kind of play Delver, green-blue Delver, because you play Narwhal Dryad with unsubstantiate, and you can protect your Narwhal Dryad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you've got enough one-mana counter spells in, like, Dispel and... Invasive Surgery. Invasive Surgery, thank you. Can you play Negate, too. Negate's pretty sweet. Negate's always, like, the hidden end. I want to build this deck now. I hate you. Well, you can do that, Shinji. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to. All right, yeah. so... Unsubstantiate's uh, still my hype card for this format. All right. Yeah, nope, that's, that's I still want Counter Stifle. Anyway, I want to remind you all that we do have an email address. It's memorylapsepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, send us in your correspondent. What? You're not doing this in the smooth jazz, jazz voice. What? what are you doing? <laughs> that was no, 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 no. That, no. Was, that was literally yesterday. No. That was literally yesterday. <laughs> you go. All right, all right, fine. All right. So, if you would like to have your emails read out on the show or your answers questioned, then all you need to do is email us at memorylapsepodcast at gmail.com for all your smooth jazz Magic the Gathering needs for whatever area smooth jazz is from. I don't actually know. I don't listen to a lot of smooth jazz, but I'll tell you what. It's good enough for jazz. So, I am Tim, and I am signing off from, again, Memory Lapse, uh, the Magic the Gathering podcast. <laughs> God damn it! You fuckers! No, no, while I was doing that, they were like fucking hands, just fucking children, hands over their mouths like no, no, no. fucker. If you guys are giggling, was the send funniest... him an email and saying how bad that, that was. That was the funniest fucking thing this entire podcast. You shut your fucking mouth. The thing I was giggling at was, send us an email to have all your answers questioned. <laughs> well, I didn't catch that. And that's Tyson. Oh my god. This is Genji. Goodbye until next week. Goodbye, everybody. God.